You're listening to Let's Talk Purpose Live because who you are is important to what you what, what you do and where you are going. And now for your host, Lisa Schwartz. I, I think Taylor had a little bit of a stammer in there. <laughs> a little bit, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Purpose, where we're going to be talking about how to parent with the Holy Spirit this morning. Good morning, BP. Good day, my co-host. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Phenomenal. I love that response. I love that. I have a client who says, I'm more than okay. Yeah, I know that. Does it drive? I always tell them, I'm like, I hate that response. I hate it when you respond that way. I'm, I'm going to get I'm gonna get you to give me a fantastic response at some point. All right, if you're just joining with us this morning, if you would take a moment to share this, start a watch potty, party, do potty. Potty, let's oh, do it. A <laughs> watch potty. 10.30 in the morning. 10.30 in the morning, we're having a watch potty. Um, if you are joining us, if you would start a watch party, that would be fantastic. We would love for everybody to join in with us this morning and give us your questions. Sorry. And give us your questions live. Uh, we have Janae joining us this morning. Heather joining us this morning. Good morning to all of you. Um, and Brittany. Yeah. You looked like I just caught you off guard. You did. I know because I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to say something so I can share and you're trying to get me to say stuff so you can share. I, I'm and good. So here we are I sharing. see Tammy Rush. Tammy Rush. Good morning. Good morning. Amy Singer is with us this morning. Good morning, Amy. Krista Lee. Krista Lee is with us this Angela morning. Angela Oh, I love saying her name. I, I say her name. I hey, and happy birthday to her son, who is, oh. I think, 17 today. Is that nice. correct? Angela is Daniel. Happy birthday, Daniel. Yeah. Is he 17? Stephanie Ray. Stephanie Ray is with us. Griselda. I'm having a hard time just sharing this to my personal wall. Um, it's, it just takes forever to get all this stuff shared. I wish you could do it all beforehand. I, we need to get Taylor to step up the game. Somehow he needs to be able to trip the agor- algorithm. What? We are shared. <laughs> We're shared too. I'm trying to get it shared to my, my personal oh, your wall. Own. Yeah. Yeah. So they change it up. Make sure. And if you're on your phone, I don't know, it might be different on the computer. But make sure you're acting as yourself yeah. and not as your page. Yes. I that it is the same on the laptop as well. You have to All change. All right, so in the bottom right hand corner there's yes. a little circle. I got it. Okay. Um, Proud of you. But thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. I appreciate the voice of reasoning, the IT the voice. The voice from of me. reason. The voice of the IT guy. All right, so to th- this morning we're going to be talking about how to parent with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just kind of a hot topic for me right now in general. Um, have you been watching some of the YouTube? I have been watching the so YouTube. So which one? Which Are you watching all of them? Um, I think I've got all of them. Okay. I think okay. so. Well, the last three for sure, I know. Okay. So, yeah, well, so, uh, yeah, so the fourth one came out today which is talking just specifically on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I talk about like, where does that phrase come from? Okay. Um, and then what, it, you know, so the first one was how I met the Holy Spirit. Then we talked about how Jesus received the Holy Spirit, how the disciples mm-hmm. received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so today is on how then the disciples then went and ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Where does that phrase come from? Where okay. do we see it in the scriptures? Um, and, and why is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for everybody? So we see the disciples go and they minister it, not to just Samaria, but also in the house of Cornelius, which was kind of this oh my gosh even the gentiles Gentiles, right get the baptism of the holy spirit and so kind of setting everybody up to really say okay what is the baptism of the holy spirit is it for me and how do i receive it so today i'll be recording uh, my next episode and i'm really going to kind of back up then and go back to when i actually received the baptism of the holy spirit so i in the in episode one i kind of talked about the alluring like what drew me down that path Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, and then kind of went down, what does the, the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? And then going today and talking about just very specifically when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my experience in receiving the gift of tongues and just talking about all the fun, you know, reminiscing. Look at you guys. Yeah, this. I bet that becomes a hot one. <laughs> It will be a hot one because, you know, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it is a hot topic to just talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People are intrigued by it, freaked out by it, can't explain it. People either love it or they're repulsed by it, you know, and so, but I'm like, I just want to talk about yeah. it. Like, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This um, whole series is getting a lot of engagement and that just shows where people are right now. Yeah. It does show that people are interested and they do want to talk about the Holy Spirit. So I see Dana. I see Dana. We need to get the romper room <laughs> little mirror that's like, I see Dana. I see. I see Dana Foster is watching. She said, let's do it. Watching with friends in my living room. Yes. Dana, how many friends do you have with you? Um, um, and Angela says, yes, Daniel is 17 today. So uh, Daniel and my daughter are dating. Daniel and my daughter are <laughs> dating. I'm going to write a song. <laughs> I told um, Angela, you'll they'll think this is funny. I said to Mariah, I said, tell Daniel tonight for his birthday that I'm going to lay hands on him and pray over him. That way he'll be nervous all day long. <laughs> she just stared at me and said, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> she was like, he'll be nervous all day. So um, it, so I don't know. It is a promise. Oh, yes, it is a promise. She's Holy talking Spirit. about the Holy Spirit. I was like, what is she talking yeah. about? Um, okay, so I really love that you guys are engaging with us today. If you would start dropping some questions in the comments for us, um, because we really want you to be a part of the show. We want to answer questions that are relevant in regard to parenting. I think it's a hot topic. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up having a part mm -hmm. one and a part two mm -hmm. on how to parent with the Holy Spirit. Um, but one of the first things I want to share is, you know, with as a counselor and working with parents and children a lot, I think... Um, the reason why I titled it the way I title it is because I think a lot of times we think that parenting is really all about the behaviors and adjusting behaviors of our children, no matter mm -hmm. what age they are. And there's really a spiritual role there that we need to step into as a parent and really not just disciplining our children, but also discipling the soul and pastoring the spirit. Um, and so I use that phrase a lot of times with parents. So if I would say, if you're joining us, write that down, you know, <laughs> you want to not just, you don't want to just discipline um, the behavior or the patterns. If you do not combine discipline with discipleship and pastoring, I really think your parenting um, could use a little stepping up, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So you're staring at me. You, you get this like locked on stare sometimes where you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of receiving something too. right now. <laughs> I know. Like, so I oh, think we're in trouble. <laughs> Like the Holy Spirit just begins to move in the room and both of us are like, and now we're coming under the power of the Holy Ghost right here live. You're welcome. No, I was just thinking how I feel like parenting is the part of my life and ministry where I feel the most judgment. Oh, interesting. And yeah, okay. Even not even direct judgment. Sorry, my headphones are falling off. I'm going to have a little poof now. That's okay. Um, Not no even parents. direct judgment. Well, sometimes direct judgment, but you know, just in the world. Um, I follow, you know, a lot of parenting sites on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. And one of the things I've noticed is there is such a lack of empowerment for parenting because they would sit there and especially with this whole pandemic thing. Mm. And, and the message going out is that things are hard, valid. Things mm -hmm. are hard right now. Parenting mm -hmm. is hard right mm -hmm. now. But it's that, but it's okay if you your kid's not dressed, you're eating Doritos all day. The kids know your favorite alcoholic beverage. You're, you know, because <laughs> everyone. That's hilarious. <laughs> the message is, it's okay, we just gave up. And I'm oh, like, interesting. Okay, okay, for two months, okay. But it's been a year now. And I'm like, 
this is the same message yeah. going out a year later. Yeah. And, yeah. and just to read that and know that that's what a lot of people are getting. Yeah. It, it's just very disempowering. I'm like, then what do oh, we do? I love that you brought all that up. I, I think there is a fine line between, you know, having a season where we can explain some challenges and allowing that season then to become an excuse for being lazy and apathetic mm-hmm. yeah. or being stuck in that spot. Yeah, it was it was exactly apathy was the word I was getting towards the whole thing. Interesting. And I was like, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's a really good and, and none of that is helpful. No, you know, I think when people are like, oh, I know, I'm sorry, you know, and it, it feels good to be. We want it's important. I mean, it's counseling one on one. It's important that we validate somebody and how they're feeling in a moment, but it's not helpful them when you just say, oh, I feel that way too, and it's okay because blah mm. blah blah, and then it's just like, okay, well, now all I've done is kind of cultivate my self pity, my frustration, my judgment, my you know, my self criticism, whatever it is you're struggling with, um, and that that is not helpful you know? Mm -hmm. And so we want to be helpful today. We want to be helpful and we want people to walk around, walk, um, empowered. And, you know, we had originally titled this, um, empowered parent parenting. Um, but I shifted it to how to parent with the Holy spirit, because the empowerment to parent really comes through the unction of the Holy spirit, because in our flesh, let's be honest, we all struggle. Um, and, and y'all have adult children. Um, I used to, when we would have a hard time finding church because we needed preschool, grade mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. teens, because uh, we have six kids, right? Um, but w- I've been through that entire, all of those phases and now have adult children. And even in my adult kids, there are times when I'm like, man, this is, and it, it, in some regard becomes emotionally and mentally more taxing when your kids are adults because you see things, but you no longer really have the authority in their right. life to really be like, why are you doing this? And so you have to kind of just step back and trust the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. trust um, the seed that you have sown in their life um, and just trust that, that God's going to work all things out for their good, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the, right. what the scripture says and and really be able to sit back and relax a little bit. So we have a couple of questions, I think. We have questions, we have comments. Um, Amy Sanger says, me too, Brittany, so glad you said this. There's so much judgment in parenting. We need to feel empowered so we can do better. Um, awesome. Thank you for saying that, uh, Amy. We appreciate that. Janae says, as a parent of a 21, 28, 31-year-old, I never stop. I told them that I am their parent forever. I have to learn, but I will never leave them. That's good. So it doesn't, I mean, that sounds discouraging, you know, I'm like, and it's interesting how when you're little, the kids are little, like when my kids were six, I have six kids. And so when they were little, physically, it was a lot of taxing, you know, you're bending over, you're changing socks, you're giving baths, you're pulling this one out of the bath, putting this one into the bath, wrapping this in with a towel, getting, I mean, like our bedtime drill was sometimes two hours. We would start Mm -hmm. doing bedtime at six o'clock, right after supper, it was start, we started bedtime. And as the kids have gotten older, it's less physical and it's more really, really as mental and emotional. But again, even in everything that I just said, the one component that we left out is how do we spirit with the Holy or how do we parent with the Holy Spirit? How do we really engage spiritually in parenting? And I'm talking about beyond and I, not that praying for your kids is not important and necessary, but I'm talking about in the moment, where is the spirit in this moment? So I, I really kind of want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as we get questions, I'll shift over and answer a question, but let's talk a little bit more about when I talked about, um, adjusting or uh, addressing parenting, the behavior versus discipling the soul versus pa- pastoring the spirit. Okay. Um, so I think, um, w- and, and I'm looking at not just, and I want to try and hit, you know, grade school kids, preschool kids, teenagers, all of those things. Um, but I think a lot of times we get so focused on the behavior and we focus on what not to do. Um, we tell them, we don't want you to do this. We don't want you to do that. Um, stop 
biting your sister, mm-hmm. stop kicking, stop whatever it is, stop being having an attitude, uh, you have an attitude, these kinds of things. That discipleship piece is more when we kind of stop and it's not necessarily in the moment and we're able to have a conversation with your child, no matter, even if they're two or three years old and just saying, you know, mommy has noticed that sometimes when I tell you to do something, you look at mommy and you say no. Mm-hmm. And mommy wants to talk about why that's not okay. Okay. And so we're talking about why it's not okay. I'm having that conversation with them. Um, but then I'm also going to say, and here is how I want you to respond. Now the scripture says that we work out our salvation, that we train ourselves towards righteousness. And with our children, we have to be really willing to put in the time to disciple them and train them. So what that looks like then is, Hey, we're going to practice this, this attribute. We're going to practice this cheerful attitude. We're going to practice this type of response, um, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, when, so you're practicing at a non, non, non-critical moment, moment, right? Yeah. You're not in the moment and you're saying, okay, so let's practice. Mommy's going to pretend like we're putting our dishes up now. And I'm going to say, Johnny, mommy wants you to put your dishes up and you're going to look at me and say, okay, mama, and let's practice it. And you make kind of a little fun little game right. out of it. Right? right. And so obviously I'm talking about like young children, but when we're dealing with teenagers, in some regard, we kind of want to be almost the same way, just not as sing-songy about mm-hmm. it, right? So, hey, I've noticed the last couple of mornings, um, you've seemed frazzled when we're getting ready to go to school. Um, and I'm curious to know if there's something I can do to help you feel a little bit more organized, get out the door with a little bit more of a cheerful attitude, a better demeanor, if there's something I can do. Otherwise, let's talk about how who you want to be in the morning, how do we shift in that place, and let's practice that over and over again. Mm. Um, and let's be honest as adults, I think we could learn from this. Like we need to, you know, and this is the whole, this is the whole concept of that discipleship piece of learning, teaching and training, practicing and really engaging at a non, um, non moment time. I keep trying to kind of come up with that word. Yeah. (laughs) A non critical (laughs) moment. Like you're not in the moment, you know, I know this is a challenge for me. This is something that I struggle with. And so I'm going to practice my, I'm going to predetermine how I want my morning to go tomorrow. Um, and so that's part of that discipleship piece, but that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of perseverance. I think a lot of times parents, we, we are not fair to our children. We allow them to get away with things. And then when we get decide, we decide we're tired of mm-hmm. it. We reprove oh. them, discipline them, and then expect them to just immediately change. And that's not fair to mm-hmm. our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are very good at telling them what we don't want, what we don't like, but we're not good at teaching and training them on the appropriate behavior or attitude or mannerisms that we're looking for. Mm, I like that example. I like the the response there, you know, and saying, hey, how can I come alongside and help you? Because you're, you're facilitating that relationship. Right. Mom's on my side yes. instead of mom's just there to come down on me mm-hmm. and I've got to do everything just to not get in trouble. Right. Yeah. I love that you said that because we, again, in, in parenting, a lot of times I will say, and this does not matter what the age of your kid is, as much as you can, if you can position yourself beside your child mm-hmm. um, so that you're not necessarily looking directly at them, definitely not standing over them and saying, look, I want you to see that I'm coming alongside of side you in your challenge against your attitude. So you are not my enemy. Your attitude is our enemy Mm. because your attitude or the way you're feeling, do you like feeling that way? Most kids, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's when I'm, when I'm counseling teenagers, I will say, well, do you like how you feel when you're having an attitude? And and 90% of the time they'll say, no, they don't Mm. like it. They don't like that feeling. And so we, we talk a lot about, well, who do you want to be? What would that look like? Let's practice. Let's pretend like I'm your mom. Um, those kinds of things. Um, but we have to recognize that their offense is not against us. 
Mm-hmm. And as moms, as dads, that's probably one of the number one things I see parent, parents do wrong is they're personally offended by their children's mm-hmm. misbehavior. And I'm like, this is not an offense against you. Yeah, This is an offense against God, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Now, I don't, don't recommend saying that you're offending God right, right now. But again, it should, instead of angering us, we should be like, oh, I feel sad right now because I think you can do better. Mm-hmm. I think I think you can do better. I think there's a better Johnny in there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and so I, you challenge your kids um, and inspire them to move forward, not by condemning them or chastising them, but by encouraging them and saying, hey, I think you can do better. Right. You know, right. how about um, when a kid comes with you, maybe they're not doing something wrong, but maybe they're saying, how they might ask me all the time, how do I not feel anxiety? How do I not feel stress? When your kids say that? Yes. Yeah. So that's a great question. How do I not? So when we're, so let's go, let's go down the path of the pastoring, you know, because Mm -hmm. you're talking there, like uh, that's part of pastoring your children, right? So we're taking a look at the potential of their spirit. And this is where, when we talk all the time, um, about how am I, girding myself up? Am I able to minister to myself? And this is where these these practical practices of that mirror talk, declaring who I am, what is my potential? What does my God design look like in this moment? And now I'm going to enforce what is true, not what I feel, not what I've practiced, not what my behavior has, what my mind is telling me, all these Mm -hmm. things. So if it's so important that we're practicing that in our own lives, because when it comes to our children there and saying like, how do I not feel anxious? And saying, okay, well, let's talk about your potential and what God would want for you. Do you think that God designed you to be an anxious person? Mm -hmm. So um, asking really good questions of your kids, helping them to discover not just what am I feeling, but why am I feeling it? And most importantly, what is my potential? Okay. So there's a million different directions you can go down that path. Like, let's talk about specifically when do you think you feel most anxious and what do you think triggers it? Mm -hmm. Okay. But ultimately to answer your question more pointedly, I would say, well, do you think God designed you? Do you think that's what God has in mind for you? Do you think that's God's best for you that you would live a life filled with anxiety? And they say, well, no. And say, okay, so we're in agreement that your God potential is one that's filled with peace and doesn't struggle with anxiety. So now I'm getting them to consider their possibilities and I want them to be motivated by their design, not motivated by me. I don't want them to be motivated by their feelings. I mean, we don't like the feeling of being anxious, but we still don't want that to be our motivation. That's Mm -hmm. frustrating, right? Because nobody can, like I'm motivated not to feel fear, but the more I feel the fear and try to unmotivate myself based on my feeling, the more frustrated I get, right? (laughs) So we want to motivate them based on their God potential and their God design. So that's how I would start that conversation. And then I would say, well, do you know what the Bible says about your God design? Mm-hmm. So the Bible says that I can be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving of heart, I'm going to grant my requests before the Lord and the peace of God that transcends my understanding will guard my heart and my mind until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay. So I might get out the Bible and kind of really talk to them and say, what do you think God is saying in here? It's saying that there is a peace that he has in mind for me that transcends my understanding. And here are the things that I can be doing to activate that peace. Mm -hmm. So I would say to my child, I want you to stop thinking about how to not be anxious. So you're asking the wrong question. Right. I want you to start thinking about how can I live in peace? And so that's how I would really start. And then I would say, hey, I would, first of all, I appreciate you coming to me with this question. I really honor your heart. 
And I want you to know, I don't take that lightly when you come to me and you share something this transparent with me. Mm -hmm. So I would first, I would honor my child for coming to me and being that, that takes a lot of courage. Oh yeah. A great response, a great response, parents, for your kids, when your kids share something, doesn't matter how how young they are when they're four and they, they fess up and they're like, did you, did you take the cookie out of the cookie jar? Yes. I appreciate your honesty. That took a lot of courage for you to be honest. That's a great response. It's a great response to your friends when they're crying. And I would be like, this took a lot of courage for you to share that with me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so always honor your child and say, it took a lot of courage for you to share that with me. And if you'd like, I'd love to continue to journey with you and battle with you. And then of course I would spend some time praying with my child. And, and I would ask then, you know, Hey, so throughout the next couple of days, if I notice, or I see anxious behaviors, would you be okay with me kind of pointing that out and helping you walk through that actual moment Mm -hmm. and bringing us back to this conversation where we've made some decisions? That's a perfect example of what it looks like to pastor your children and your children are never too young to pastor them. We should be, I mean, from the time your child comes out of the womb, you need to be speaking their speaking their design over them, Mm. speak the reputation of the kingdom over them, not the reputation of their behavior, because we're really good Mm. about speaking the reputation of their behavior. Well, you always do that. Why do you always leave your room like that? Why do you always, right? That's just speaking their behavior, the reputation of their behavior, the reputation of their, you always have an attitude with me. Why do you always respond? Like we need to say completely the opposite and say, I feel like you've been challenged lately in really responding according to the fullness of your design and your potential. And I'd love to really kind of talk about what's going on in your heart to find out why you're challenged in our relationship or in our communications. Be willing to own what's yours. Um, Again, I think a number one, a really good parenting tip is, hey, if your child is off the rails right now, and they are not behaving, and, and well, I have to tell them three or four times, the, you need to start by apologizing. I've noticed that it takes four or five times for me to share something, for you to follow through on something, and I really feel like I've allowed that to happen, and that I haven't loved you enough to discipline you and come alongside you enough. We're talking about the apathy, mm-hmm. right? Because we get tired, and oh, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I get tired, I'm like, oh my God, I just don't want to deal with it right now, you know? I, my, my older four all the time with my are like, we didn't get away with any of that when we were, and I'm like, yeah, we're tired. <laughs> we're told I'm 48 years old right now. And I still have children at home. Like, why is this? You know, I've been parenting since I was 20, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, be willing to apologize, start with an apology. Hey, I really feel like I've been apathetic in this area and I need to apologize. You haven't loved you enough to teach you what it looks like to respond immediately. Because when God calls us, I mean, you read all throughout the scriptures and Jesus called Abraham and immediately he rose and he went, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like he said to the man who with that, I mean, great. We were reading in Mark chapter two with the man yes. who was, you know, and, and it said, he said, take up your mat and walk. And immediately the man took up his mat and he mm-hmm. walked. I might take my kids back to that passage and say, what if the man would have waited? To the third time Jesus said that. I mean, do you think Jesus would have said it three times? He would, you know, I mean, it was like either you do or you don't, but he would have missed out on his healing Mm -hmm. if he wouldn't have responded immediately. So I'm not going back. Like, so again, when we're looking at parenting, I don't want to parent because I'm offended because you didn't respond to me on the first time. I'm saddened that you're missing out on the attribute, an important attribute of the kingdom. And that is when God invites us, prompts us, asks us, draws us. He wants an immediate response. And when we don't, we're prolonging our own healing to whatever it is. 
So we have to really go back in every situation and say, how is my child's attribute behavior right now less than who they're designed to be and less than how God has designed them to walk versus how is it offending me? Why is it in hell? How is it inconveniencing me? How did it embarrass me? Why is it making me feel guilty? We make all, in, we, the, the tendency is that we make all the behaviors of our children all about us mm-hmm. and so, instead of all about them and their potential. And so instead of being angry with your children, shift for a moment and ask God, how are you saddened and how are you grieved? How are they missing the mark on who they could be and who they should be in this moment? Show me your heart towards my child before I even engage. Okay. So as I'm listening to this, I'm like, it's almost like you are modeling the Holy Spirit in their lives. <laughs> <clears throat> bing, 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 yeah. bing, bing, bing. <laughs> we are modeling the hot. So we do play the role of the Holy Spirit in our children's lives. Um, and I say that delicately. Right. Um, because as they get older and they come into <coughs> salvation and they receive the Holy Spirit, it is important as your children get 12, 13, 14, 15, that you start shifting and give them, teach them how to hear for the Holy Spirit from the Holy Spirit themselves. Here's the deal. I don't want my child to not have sex before they get married because they're afraid of me. Or because that's what my mommy always told me to do. Mm -hmm. Or that's what my church told me to do. Or I'm afraid of getting STDs. Like we fear kids and students. I don't want them to not do drugs because they could, they could get the wrong dose of something in in, an overdose. That's not why I don't want them to do drugs. I want them to do all the right things for the right reasons. And the right things for the right reasons are I am, I am motivated and inspired by my God design. And I want to pursue that for my own life. God is a God of purity and he's a God of holiness and I honor my design and who he's made me to be. And I believe his best for me is that I reserve myself for marriage. I see the potential of a holy marriage where I am one with my husband for the first time. And that's what I want. I don't care what my mom says. I don't care what my pastor says. I don't care what my sex education teacher says. I don't care what about STDs. I care about honoring God and my God design. Okay. What about, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking of things. Okay. What about, especially a teenager who says, well, I don't know that I believe in God. I don't, you know, yes, that's great. Like, which is huge today. And and first of all, I I don't, so (laughs) my immediate response when I have a student that says, I'm not sure I believe in God, I say, that's okay. He believes in you. Mm -hmm. So, um, you don't have to love God to be loved by God. I mean, either way, he's loving you. Um, But again, in a situation like that, all about questions. Okay, let's talk about it. First of all, I'm not going to be offended by that, moms. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, gasp. (laughs) (laughs) It's praying into salvation right now. Yes. You know, what do you mean? Yes, you are. You know, don't allow them to, again, great response to that is, you know, it took a lot of courage for you to share that with Mm -hmm. me. And I really appreciate you being transparent. And I'd love to have this conversation with you. So talk to me what you base that on. So talk to me about what, What's giving you doubts? Talk to me about where you're at with scripture. Talk to me about where, let them have a conversation with you. Open up that conversation. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. Y'all, you can't draw your children to Christ. Only the Holy Spirit can. So help them self-discover by asking them really good questions. Did that answer your question? Yes, ma'am. 
We got some Yeah, so let's take a look online. On. You got some questions. Go ahead and throw look, one out. We got one from Heather. I have two little girls, ages 8 and 10, and my mother passed away from cancer in August. How can I help them understand death and guide them through healthy grieving? Oh, this is a good question. So again, I would start by connecting with them, validating their grief and saying, you know, I, I understand that um, death is hard. It's hard for us to understand. I miss so-and-so too. So again, we're going to validate that mm-hmm. emotion right there. Um, when they're sharing grief, those kinds of things, again, that response, hey, it takes it, that took a lot of courage for you to share that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would allow them the time that they need to really grieve, um, take some time to celebrate, um, all of those kinds of things. Um, but at the end of that, also all recognizing, but we, we know truth. We know that it was grandma, right? Uh, yes, we, yes. we know that grandma is, you know, with Jesus and in heaven. And, and though we are sad, we can rejoice. Um, and we're going to continue to walk through this together. And so again, I think the, because grief is a really, that's a really great topic. And, um, it could be a topic in and of itself mm-hmm. for a whole nother day, um, because we can't fix grief. And so th- this is where we kind of it, dealing with grief kind of exposes what people really want, right? We want to fix my anxiety. I want to fix my depression. I want to have a quick fix for it. There's not a quick fix for grief. Um, and so I think not being afraid of it. So I think a lot of times when we're like, I don't know how to respond to their grief. And so we either ignore it or we poo poo it or we're like, yeah. okay, what's grandma's dead. So, you know, I mean, we not, maybe not that harsh, but it's time to move on and you know, blah, blah, blah. And give them that moment and saying, it took a lot of courage for you to share that I'm, mom's going to give you a hug and we're going to, we're going to love on each other here for a moment. And we're going to take some time to just feel the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to move forward. And then we're going to get our shoes on and we're going to go about our day because that's how we heal. That's how we move forward. Um, and that's what grandma would want, all of those things. Um, so that's how I would respond in a, in a really fast nutshell. Mm-hmm. And I hope that answered your question. Who was it? That was Heather Cap. Heather, thank Cop, you. Cop. Cop. Yeah, I know. How do you I say your know. last name, Heather? Tell, give us a sound. That was a great question. I appreciate your question. I hope that gave you kind of a starting point at least. I think the, the strongest advice there is um, – be intentional to have the conversation with your kiddos. Let them know it's okay to talk about it. Sometimes, again, they're like, oh, no, you know, we don't know how to respond to our friends who are great, so we just avoid talking to them because it's weird and mm-hmm. it's awkward. Right. right. We don't even know how to deal with it. No. So how are we going to teach them? No. And, and I mean, I think there are times when I'm really honest with the Lord about how I'm feeling, and I will say to myself, God, I feel like that took a lot of courage for me to say that. <laughs> and I'm encouraging myself to be honest with how I'm feeling in a moment. Like I feel salty. I feel angry. I feel jealous. There are some, some emotions when you start to recognize you're having them, you're kind of embarrassed by it. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I feel kind of embarrassed that I just had that, but I feel like it took a lot of courage for me to share that with somebody so I could just talk it through. Right. Mm-hmm. And so be honest with yourself and, and, and encourage yourself. Long comment from Amy Sanger. Lisa, this is such great practical (laughs) advice. My personal parenting started off early on coming from a place of shame and guilt. But as my relationship gets stronger with the Lord and it gets stronger, my parenting has shifted tremendously. I find myself at a crossroad of trying to handle each situation differently, controlling myself, consulting with the Lord, and then trying to find a better way with a preteen and all in a split second. (laughs) (laughs) Practicing ahead of time is far easier uh, than I am being out, b- making it out to be. That's good. Appreciate your comment, Amy. Thank you for being with us this morning. Yeah, Crystal's got a question. Okay, Crystal Anderson is joining us this morning. Anxiety is big with my oldest. I, I think, um, and again, I'm going to say this, um, but it's not, um, it is not an empowerment for parents to not take it seriously or not poo-poo it, but social anxiety, um, 
anxiety, uh, depression, all of that has become a little bit of a fad mm-hmm. among our teenagers mm-hmm. nowadays. But the reality is, if you look at that from a spiritual pr- perspective, the more we talk about something, the more we feed it. Um, so when I'm talking about my depression, I'm feeding that demon, that demon goes, grows fatter. Um, so because as a culture, we're all about empowering our kids by teaching and teaching them. And I say in schools, they're being taught all the different social labels or the um, emotional mental mm-hmm. labels. And then they're going, I mean, my daughter took a quiz the other day to kind of identify what mental illnesses she leans towards. And I was like, are you serious yeah. that you took a t- class on this in psychology? And so, uh, so again, when we feed the beast, the beast is going to grow. So that's not to poo-poo that some kids really do struggle with anxiety. Um, and, and even the ones who don't really struggle with, but are talking about it, we still need to say, Hey, it's taken a lot of courage for you to share this with me. And I'd love to have the conversation. I don't think he even understands what he's feeling. And when he's asked why he thinks he feels or does these things, he goes into self depreciate, um, depreciating spe- speech. I do not know anymore what to do. Any advice? Absolutely. So, uh, Crystal, so what you don't want to do is you don't want to argue his self-depreciating speech with your own speech. So what I mean by that is, let's say a child is like, but I'm just stupid. And you go, oh, no, no, no. Mommy doesn't think you're stupid. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't want to care what mommy thinks in that moment. What we want to go is we want to go back to God and what does God say? Mm -hmm. So a great response in in a lot of situations is, if we were to invite God to sit in here right next to you right now, what do you think he would say about your situation? Do you think he would say you're dumb? Do you think he would say you're inferior? Do you think he would say you're a loser? Do you think he would say you're ugly? Do you think he would say, so I want to get my kids to really think about how, what does God say about me? How does he view me? And how can I shift into an agreement with God? Um, and so Crystal, I would say, Hey, you're, I, I recognize that you're feeling some anxiety right now and you're not really sure why, but I hear you saying some things about yourself and to yourself that are different than what God would say right now. So I would maybe have them write a statement or two on a piece of paper. And then I would say, now let's take a look at this statement and let's ask God how he feels about this statement. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, if God came in here right now, Mm -hmm. what do you think he would say? And I would have them write that statement down on a piece of paper. And then I would ask them, which one do you really want to believe? Right now your feelings are telling you this one, but God is telling you this one. And so I'm really teaching them how to shift their own mindset and to make a decision based on what's true and not how they feel or what they think. Mm. So I think in a situation like that, Crystal, part of the problem is we try, we try to, with our own intellect, our own opinion, our own feelings, talk our children through that. And we, our, thinks, our thinking, our opinion, our feelings have to become irrelevant. It has to be God's thoughts, God's opinion of them, his design for them that becomes so... Um, dominant in that conversation. Mm. Crystal, did that give you kind of a starting point? Um, if you, if it did not, please don't just don't do not appease me. Uh, (laughs) let me be like, no, I need more. Um, okay. So lots of comments, Larita trailers with us this morning. However, uh, she's talking about her grands as a grandparent. Um, another question from Kelly Ray. Good morning, Kelly. Um, are you like down the hallway from us, Kelly? Because we're in the same space. <laughs> I feel that my child does deals with the feeling of abandonment, but he doesn't speak of it um, at all. How could I open a dialogue without him um, shutting down? Okay, so I would take the opposite. Um, so I wouldn't throw out the word abandonment because mm-hmm. we don't want to, you know, we don't want to feed the beast right. or we don't want to give them words sometimes. 
Um, but I think, um, I would start a conversation about how the greatest human design is to feel a sense of belonging Mm -hmm. and how God has designed us to belong in his kingdom. We've been grafted into the kingdom of God. And then I might share with him my own personal experience. I don't always feel like I belong. Like sometimes I can believe, so I would open that door, Kelly Ray, by actually just being very vulnerable myself. And then I might say, do you ever been in a situation where you just feel like you don't belong? Like there've been times, honestly, where I've been sitting at the dinner table with our family and I feel like, I, where do I fit right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I belong. Be, and I would start that conversation um, by just being vulnerable myself. We've all felt a feeling of abandonment. Right. Maybe share that with them, um, starting in that place and starting in that space and just make them feel, um, she said cash, Heather Cash. Maybe it's like cash. Ka? Cash? 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 <laughs> now we're really confused, Heather. <laughs> really back back to Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray, did I, did I give you at least a starting point to have that conversation? Kyler has just texted me in all capitals. Grandma's dead. Move on. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I did not mean to sound, you know, sound catty when I said that. Um, okay. So (laughs) how would you engage with an angry child or withdrawn child? Angela, that's so good. I love that you said that. So first of all, um, I would, I would consider your child's age and I would consider your child's temperament. Um, so if your child is a teenager, it's a little bit more of a sensitive topic. Um, because sometimes if you press in too hard, too fast, um, they might rebel against if your child is naturally rebellious. But I think, um, if I had to give a general answer, not, not, uh, no matter the age, no matter the temperament of the child is communicating, Hey, it seems like right now you're not wanting to engage or connect with me. And I'm okay with that. Again, I'm not going to say this out loud, but moms, I don't feel personally offended mm-hmm. by that. I don't feel butthurt because my kid doesn't want to tell me mm-hmm. everything. That's natural. Get over it, mom. <laughs> Stop guilting your kids, okay? So I would say, um, but I want you to know, whenever you're ready, I'm, I want to connect with your heart. I would love to hear what's going on in your heart. And if you have a teenager, I think that would be a great opportunity to say, I know sometimes I'm difficult to connect with because I start talking a lot. Let's be honest, moms. And I want to immediately go to the solution. I want to tell you what you should think and how you should feel and blah, 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 blah. And poo-poo your feelings and tell you that you need to, no, 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 no. Let your kids give them space and give them a place to communicate all the ridiculous things that we would roll our eyes at. Don't roll your eyes. Give them space and give them a place because, uh, you know, our teenagers sometimes have the most ridiculous emotions, but we had them too. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I think it's super important that you're not rolling your eyes and be like, oh my God, uh, seriously. I mean, really, that's sometimes how we respond. If you want to respond like that, hold it, hold it till later and have that conversation with your spouse or with a friend. Um, but when your child is withdrawing in that moment, Um, they probably are not feeling emotionally safe to connect with you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's your fault. Um, sometimes they're trying to work out what they, what they want to work out. I've had some with with children who, when they're bothered, they withdraw. Um, and I have other children that when they're bothered, they get super close and, and are, and so uh, some of it's just knowing their personality. But if you notice your child spends the majority of their time very withdrawn, and then you start to notice off times, times not in that moment, that in general, they're be, they're, it's starting to affect how, how their ability to connect with you. So again, now we're looking at it kind of from a bigger perspective versus I just withdraw occasionally because I'm mad and I do work out my own anger. Right. 
or I'm mad and I'm not getting what I want versus I'm really just starting to become withdrawn Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Those situations, I really would be intentional to press in with your presence and not necessarily with your words. And I'm going to say that again. Um, Be willing to press in with your presence and not necessarily your words. If you are cultivating your own relationship with the Lord, you just being in their space is good enough Mm -hmm. because they will feel the presence and the love of God. Recognize the power of your presence, recognize the power of your touch. And often for children who are a little more introverted, uh, you have a child like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I try not to dismiss that when I think just because she's sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, that that's not an opportunity for me to engage. If I go and just sit beside her and watch alongside her, then she'll tend to talk to me. Yeah. That's really good. I had a child who kind of reclused for a season in her bedroom and was really kind of struggling with some depression, had kind of engaged in some cutting. And, um, you know, it would have been, you know, very easy to respond in fear and be like, oh, I got to wait a second. Mm-hmm. I can't get about this, you know, all this stuff. And uh, Senator Birdwell's calling me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, decline. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> Anyways, but I, you know, in basically saying, um, you know, it would have been very easy for me to have taken that personally. But I responded to that very gently and saying, you know what, I'm just going to put a chair in her room and I'm just occasionally going to go in there and sit. And at first, I think it kind of agitated her a little bit yeah. Um, because I think she thought I was in there to, to engage with her, but I wasn't. I was just in there to just sit. And some of that was gauging the spiritual atmosphere of what was going on and really just kind of interceding. I, I, But I had to be content to have her ignore me, reject me, mm-hmm. be irritated with me, not want to talk to me. And that requires a lot of confidence, moms. Right. You have to be very confident in the moment to be like, look, I'm just sitting in your space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in an extreme case. Um, and slowly, but surely she started kind of facing me and then she'd be like, well, you can sit on the bed with me. You know, I mean, just, and I'm talking ladies, gentlemen, I'm talking weeks Mm. that I just was very patient to just get back into her space. Um, so in general, um, that's how I would answer that question. Angela, I don't know if you want any more deep, if you have anything more detailed, I'm willing to go into more details. Angela Inahosa, by the way, is one of our, uh, counselors on staff that works with parents, um, so she's probably throwing out questions that she sees a lot in the counseling room. So if you, you and, or your child, um, are in need of counseling or you need some advice, um, get on our website at crazy eight ministries, go to the app counseling services, click on the application, click ac- application. Chances are you'll probably either get Angela or you will get me as a counselor, or you'll get us working with you together. Um, sometimes one of us will take the kiddo and the other will take the parent. And then we work together and kind of really trying to help cultivate a particular situation. Um, Angela said, can you touch on parenting from guilt and shame versus love and guidance? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a huge topic. <laughs> Y'all get yourself healed. Don't, don't mm. parent your kids out of your own wounds and your own insecurity and your own f- inferiority. Um, and so <laughs> that was a really catty way of addressing <laughs> that. Um, but I, but I mean, I want to be direct about it and, It is um, amazing to me how much we parent out of guilt. And remember, um, Satan is the accuser. um, And the Bible says that there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we have to continuously as a parent go back and say, God, what do you say about me right now as a parent? What do you have to say about me? Feel the affirmation of the king 
in regard to your parenting skills. I mean, this is huge for you. You're a single parent, Mm -hmm. but it's huge for moms, dads in general. Your kids don't wait on your kids to be like, thank you. Thank you so much (laughs) for making me. Thank you so much for disciplining me right now. I really appreciate that really was helpful. That talk was Mm -hmm. helpful, mom. Thanks. Good talk. Good talk. They're not going to do it. Um, And so I think one of the fastest ways to get over um, not guilt, um, parenting from us, from guilt and shame is to really go back and feel the reward of the Lord. Um, allow the Lord to affirm you as a parent, um, and recognize that, um, my goal here isn't how this is going to affect me because it's not my offense. Your, your issue is not an offense to me, but my goal here is, is to cultivate your connection with God. If all my only goal is to cultivate my kids connection with me, I've missed the mark. Mm. I want to cultivate their connection with God. And then the outcome should be, I want to connect them to connect with me. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes we get them to connect with God by getting them to connect with us, right. but that can't be my ultimate goal. Um, and that will help in keeping you from, uh, being butthurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but I mean, that is a huge challenge that we have and saying, but it's really not about you, mom. Right. But remember, you know, Johnny's, you know, whether he's two and he's just, throwing a fit on the floor, having a tantrum or whether they're 16 and they're having a 16 year old tantrum, right? It's the same spirit we're dealing with either way. It is not, it's not a fence against you. It, it is an, a broken place in their own heart because we're, we are all born into a broken place that needs to be discipled into the ways of the kingdom. And let's be honest, I have 35 year old clients who are still pitching the same stinking fit that they were pitching when they were two. There have been times that I notice I'm still pitching the same fit as I was having when I was 16 and I'm so frustrated with it. And so our heart needs to be broken in those moments for, oh, I'm so sorry that you're so sad and that you're so frustrated right now. And I really want to come alongside you and I'd really love to help you in this moment and talk to you and have a conversation with you about what's going on in your heart. Our ultimate goal is I want to, I want to cultivate a feeling of emotional safety where you, I get to connect with your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of time and energy, a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And I think, um, I see depending on my kid, like I can go to the younger ones and I can really connect them with the Lord first and spiritually first, and then they'll come have that relationship with me. And with my older, I kind of have to do the, okay, you're going to connect with me first mm-hmm. and then to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yeah. depending yeah. on, I love that you have to know your, your kiddo and how they're going to feel the safest. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Lots questions. of really good questions. I know I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, Dana Foster, her friend says, I think this is a great question. Um, I don't know that I have a really good answer, but I'm, I'm going to try and tackle it. Um, uh, as you has a friend who's 17 and they live at home, should you make them attend church with you? What does the Holy Spirit look like in this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, first of all, and, and I don't I want to say this gently, um, but I do want to be honest. If your child is 17 and they do not want to attend church with you, um, there's a bigger, ch- it's not about church. Right. Okay. Let me say that. It's not about church. So the first thing, would I just be like, you're going to church? No question. Absolutely not. I would not. I would for sure 100% try to, I would, I would pursue a conversation and say, I'd love to talk to you about, I feel like it's a fight every Sunday. Um, and the last thing I want to do is make you do something. I mean, you're 17 and I definitely don't want to make you do something in regard to church, God, all those things. So I'd love to just have a conversation with you. Mm. Make it not about church, make it about their connection with God. 
and really ask them like, where, where do you feel like you're at in your relationship with the Lord? Now for me personally, um, our kids have all gone to churches at different stages and places and places, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, like, and so for me, I'm going to back up and look at the overall perspective and say, do I see in general character growth and spiritual growth in my child? And if I do, if I see a genuine and a ge- genuine and general hunger and growth spiritually, dude, I don't care if they go to church or they don't. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And so, and I know a lot of people might disagree with that and you, you're allowed to disagree with that, but this is, um, this is my show. So you have, you only have the right to my opinion right now. So, <laughs> and so, um, I would, I think there's a bigger opportunity for your friend, Dana. And I say, there's a bigger opportunity there. Mm-hmm. There's a bigger opportunity than just making them go to church. So I think the Holy spirit in there, it looks like a trusting, um, that the Holy spirit is working something out in their heart and opening up the door to have a conversation where they feel free to say things like, Oh, I just don't really believe in God. And don't be like, (gasps) you know, I mean, just you need to cultivate. They need to see and experience God through you. They don't need to go to church Mm -hmm. to experience God. If, If your children have to go to church, to experience God, learn about God, love God, then you're letting the church do your job. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we do freak out. And if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we want our kids to go to church because it's more about us than it is about looks them. Good. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. So I don't, I hope I answered your question gently and lovingly. <laughs> yeah. Well, my 12 year old says, I don't connect with God in church. I, but I connect with God every night in my bedroom and I'm like, Okay. Like, I don't have a yeah. an issue with that. And I also look at, you know, when the Bible says, fathers, <laughs> do not provoke your children to wrath, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I really don't want them to to provoke them and be angry over yeah, that's spiritual good. matters Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. I think we get afraid. Oh, my God, if they don't go to church, they're going to go down to hell. You know, and so we allow fear to, to, to navigate our parenting in the moment instead of saying, okay, I have, tr-, especially at the age of 17, at the age of 17, mm. man, I'm really hesitant to say, absolutely, you should make your child go to church um, because you're way beyond that. I mean, mm. you're, I don't want to say it's too late for that. It's not too late for anything. But what I do want to say is going to church is not the issue there. Mm-hmm. That's not the issue. And for me, I would not want to make, I do not want to breach my relationship with my child over whether or not they do or don't go to church because the enemy's ultimate goal is to break down your connection with your kiddo, yeah. period. The enemy's ultimate goal is not to keep your kid out of church because if your child stays connected with you and you are connected with God, they're in church every moment of their mm-hmm. life because you are the church. And so I think we need to really recognize what is the enemy's play here? The enemy's play is for you to get irritated, frustrated, da 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 da, and then your child to go to church with a crossed arms, huffy muffy, yeah. mad. They're mad at you. They're mad at God. Now they're mad at the pastor, mm-hmm. and that is not accomplishing anything. The enemy is winning in that situation. And so you need to really ask yourself, like, really, my goal here is for my child to feel safe to connect with me in their doubts and their challenges in their, uh, and that may not even be the case. This child, maybe I, I don't know the child. So, um, I hope that helped you out. Um, I mean, Dana, you know how to get a hold of me. So, you know, if she wants to have a more specific conversation, I'm totally open for that as well. Um, I don't know if we have any other questions, but we are running short on time. I do think if you guys feel like this would be worthy of another um, part two, uh, let me know. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm like, oh, we're coming back next week for a part two. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
we can come back for next week for a part two if we get a sponsor. Um, so if you guys are interested in a part two, we can wait till the next Wednesday or whatever. But I think there's still a lot of conversations here to have mm-hmm. in regard to parenting and how to parent with the Holy Spirit. Definitely. I know I saw some in here about breaking up with friendships and stuff like that. So, Oh yeah. So what we'll do, so it's hard for us to keep up with the comments because a lot of them are coming so fast. I mean, my, my LLC is showing me six comments, so I don't know what the deal is here. Uh, I know I'm like, well, okay, I got six (laughs) comments and my phone's about to die. So I don't, (laughs) I got all kinds of stuff going on here. Um, but I, what we'll do is we'll go through, um, what do you need? I have a sponsor for you. Okay, great. Uh, so the sponsorship is a hundred dollars. Um, so Dana, I'll connect with you afterwards if you're interested in, um, doing that. And then we'll talk to our producer about, and I got to look at my schedule and talk to my personal assistant about next week. He's saying no. Yes. He's saying yes. He's given us. (laughs) Yes. What are you saying, Liz? What say you Liz on my schedule for next Wednesday? Oh, 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 yeah. So we're, so the team building advantage is virtual and it starts mm-hmm. at 1130. We can squeeze it in. It's not, uh, are you sure? I'll double check. Okay. We'll get back to you guys on whether or not it's next week, but the, everybody is, we have, we have made two decisions. One, we are going to have a part two. Yes. Two, it looks like we possibly have a sponsor. sponsor. Um, so keep watching my page. We'll go ahead and put it here in regard to when will that part two be in. In the meantime, it is 1130. Okay. We'll go with next week. You go with that? I think so. Okay. I haven't looked. I think all so. right. In the meantime, leave your questions in the comments so that we can kind of write them all up and get them going. Um, and we'll go back and look at any other questions. Um, so you guys, please be sure to share this. If you have not shared this all wet, all, already, I have a already. already. Otherwise, share this on your wall. And we look forward to connecting with you next week um, on Let's Tech. Let's, oh my, help me out. Let's talk purpose. That's right. Let's we'll come. see you next week. We love you all. Bye-bye.